This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. This segment is sponsored by John Dillon and Dillon Law Group. Got legal matters that involve anything gun-related? Called Attorney John Dillon. Got problems involving these new red flag laws? What about gun registration questions? Gun transportation questions? Maybe you aren't sure that your guns comply with California law. You need to call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon is right here in Carlsbad and specializes in California gun laws. Give him a call at 760-642-7150 or visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right, Michael, have you got a kettle of worms to talk about today? Oh, we got all kinds of stuff happening on the show. We have Melissa in the studio. We're going to talk to her. We're going to interview her in the next segment, talk Mm -hmm. about long-range shooting. Say hello, Melissa. Hello. Hello, Melissa. (laughs) So, yeah, just get up to the mic just like that, and it's your best friend. And then Joe's got another fantastic uh, blog, and then he's going to do a a gear review on some less-than-lethal uh, in the next hour. There you go. A less than least lethal alternative. Not yeah. all problems are gun problems. That's right. That's the truth. Or less less than lethal or less lethal? Well, how do you? How would you phrase it? I would it? say it's less than, well, I don't know, because it's not Good less question, lethal, because right? it's not lethal at all. Yeah. So non-lethal. Yeah. Uh, not quite gotcha. as lethal. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, so the big news that affects not just the Second Amendment, but across the board is it looks like we're going to have another... We're going to have a ninth, court, yeah, yeah. A, a ninth person on the Supreme Court. Now, of right. course, we're all, you know, w- wish the friends and family of, oh. you always have to say, you always have to do these dis- disclosures and, yeah. you know, we have to, you know, assure everybody that we're sad. Yes, we're all sad that she passed right. away. She had a long life. It was successful, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, this has huge ramifications mm-hmm. <laughs> across the nation on Second <laughs> Amendment issues and much, much more. Do you smell the hair that's on fire no. from the left? Yeah, well, yeah. all their hair is on fire right at this point in time. I mean, they are ballistic at this point. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if, I, I don't know. I'm wondering if they're going to be, it seems like the best thing to do strategically would be to float a, a name or two out there and say, hey, you know, November 5th, this well, is who we're going to confirm if I get a lot, you know, something like that. The post you did was absolutely perfect. Oh my! Because they have already have all the sexual harassment and all the things this person they don't know who it is on my personal Facebook page, but they're ready. So if you're listening on my personal fake uh, fake book Facebook, you're right. Yeah, I put up a fake news story where basically the the Democratic leadership has already come out uh, accusing. Uh, the next nominee of uh, sexual harassment and racism, and when asked, "Well, who is the next nominee?" they said, "Well, we don't know yet, but we're pretty sure they're." they're but we already got them. it all taken yeah, care. Yeah, so I, I, a couple, I fooled a couple of people. Did you? Really? Yeah, there are a couple of people that were like, "I can't believe this." You know what? 
Yeah, show us, show me a link to this. Yeah, it's yeah. Unreal. I'm like, oh, let's man. fact check this real yeah. quick, Mikey. We need a sarcasm font. I've well, said it before. Yeah, and again, they've gone beyond that now. So this is they're not even going to mess with the sexual harassment and the the smearing of the reputation and all that with this one. It's just like. It's nope. right out violence now. Yeah, now okay. they're just threatening violence. That, we're going to burn it down. Yeah, okay, whatever guys. the case may be. And for Trump to put a woman out there, it's like, oh, geez, what do you put a woman on there for? Darn, we, that's going to be harder to go after. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, really. And then the one that's possible in the running, I mean, is I understand has got a stellar uh, reputation on both sides. Yeah, she does. And and just just the you know the fact that they're all. Uh, hopefully be able to put another judge on there that is uh, you know an originalist and not a uh, an activist judge somebody that is not mm-hmm. there to advance a political agenda someone that's there to say hey you know what this is what the constitution right. does or doesn't say um it, it, this is enormous this is a generational um uh, you know decision you know meaning that you 20 know, 40 years yeah grandchildren will you know your, your people who you know your grandchildren everybody listening uh your great-grandchildren uh will this, be affected by this exactly yeah big time well then the big question then do you think that they should go forward with it now and try to do the vote which i don't i don't think they have the votes for but should they go through and put the nominee forward and have the vote in the senate and see before the election or should they wait so procedurally yeah that's what the Constitution says. The Constitution doesn't say, well, gee, uh, the exactly. president gets to pick up until, you know, six months. So procedurally, yes. But strategically, I'm not sure. I'm what not about, sure. What do you think the left would do if they were exactly. in this position? Exactly. Is there any doubt? Well, we already know. They, they, they screwed it up with, with, with uh, Merrick. You yeah. know, they totally screwed it up. They no, wanted no. to put that person, uh, I mean, strategically, they wanted to put somebody in just, what, five months from the election. Right. And Republicans outplayed him. But see, right. that was that was slightly different, though, because that's McConnell's argument. He's saying that that was different because there was a Democrat-controlled White House and a Republican Senate. Senate. So yeah. that that's that's his excuse that he's using to go forward with yeah. this now. Which, I mean, that's which, what I, mean, he, I agree with. I mean, th- I don't agree with that story necessarily, but yeah. he should go forward with it. Well, that's what he said, and I mean, it's a, the Senate is allowed to confirm or not confirm. They're allowed to do that's in the Constitution, you know. Um, but really, they got outplayed. So what if they don't so, have the votes? What what happens then? Well, then they have to get a nominee in there who will get the votes. I, you know, it keeps going until they get the votes to, to yeah, confirm. If they don't get the votes, but how because... Then the only reason you're hearing people right now saying that they're not going to vote for it, they don't even know who that person is. Yeah, so uh, the senator from Maine and the senator from Alaska, I'll tell you, Alaska, you guys really screwed up with this, this uh, Murkowski lady. Mm-hmm. She is just a soup sandwich. Um, but yeah, they just said, "Hey, we're not gonna. We're no, not no gonna, matter what. No matter what. Doesn't matter who it is. Um, Which you know, party is she in again? I, I, I'm not sure. Well, it's, and again, don't forget Pierre Delecto because you have him there too, and he's not voting for Trump. Yeah. Well, and I don't know what the people in Utah were thinking with him, but uh, but up until January whatever 20th, uh, you know, he's the president and gets to pick uh, the Supreme Court. Uh, he's got plenty of time, you know. And if he puts somebody up, and this person is what we need and the left figures out a way or even the right to a certain degree with the three you just mentioned you know it's just going to be bad on them i mean it's going to shine a a negative light so i I don't know i have a feeling you know i'd like to think that whoever he picks will be the right person and it goes through the process fairly honestly without trashing or using any negativity uh we get somebody in there 
But yeah, but the answer, I mean, if you're if you are a president of the United States, mm-hmm. you want to use every second of your presidency Absolutely. to get as many Supreme Court justices and as many federal judges on the bench as possible. Right. And that's uh, well, that's one thing Republicans do better than Democrats. Thankfully, um, Obama and Clinton or virtually none. <clears throat> well, I mean, if, if, uh, judges in general, Obama and Clinton. Frankly, it wasn't a priority. But Bush and uh, um, uh, Trump, it's been an enormous priority. Enormous, yeah, and, and justifiably so. And you know, like I said, it's all for the good. You know, that's that's the way I look at it. It's all. I mean. It's it's not benefiting the Republicans as over the Democrats. It's really for the people, and that's really you know, especially nowadays when people are trying to take down the Second Amendment, take down the Constitution, take down the history of the United States. You know, we don't need that. Yeah. Well, and and that you know, what, I think we're ten or twelve cases that uh, mm-hmm. they tried to get into the Supreme Court this year, and they turned them down. And the thought was that they didn't have the votes. Mm-hmm. So. This is, I mean, this is huge. This isn't, this yeah. isn't uh, this academic. Is, this no. is, you know, rubber hits the road. This is almost as big as the presidential race. I, 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 honestly, in some ways, I think it's bigger. <laughs> I do too. I, I, I have to agree with you 100%. So, folks, if you just tuned in to Owners Radio, you will definitely want to stay tuned because you're going to get the straight skinny on Gun Owners Radio. You're not going to get anything political because we try to stay on the logical side of politics we don't try to show favorites trust me if michael doesn't like a particular republican you will hear it first right here on gun owners radio am i right republican democrat decline to state libertarian communist if i don't don't like him you'll hear about it that's right because he does (laughs) not pull any punches all right folks this is gun owners radio on fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, what's the best defense for self-defense in those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline. Let them provide the lawyer for you. Call Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com or just call direct at 469-310-9100. 469-310-9100. All right, Michael, who have you got for a special guest today? Very special guest, uh, Jamie Franks. Jamie Franks, you know Jamie Franks from Top Shot. Uh, and uh, you also probably know him from uh, a couple of events that San Diego County Gunners has done. We, a couple of years ago, we did a panel discussion, and uh, Jamie uh, was uh, one of the uh, speakers there. So uh, we're having him on to talk about a couple of things today. Jamie, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you, gentlemen? Good, man. Thank you for being on the show. It's always, always a pleasure. And you also are a firearms trainer for active, uh, let's see, uh, oh, oh, I just, it just fell out of my head. I should have stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. Active, <laughs> active Shooter Defense School. Active Shooter Defense. I started getting it confused with uh, with uh, active self-protection, but that's John Correa. So, and you and Matt train a ton of people out in East County 
on pistol, rifle, shotgun, all kinds of, uh, you know, from from intermediate to beginner to advanced. Uh, talk a little bit about active shooter defense. So active shooter defense school, um, we started in 2013. Um, we teach out of a private range in Alpine, California. And uh, these days, um, a little bit more out of South Bay Rod and Gun down in Dulzura or Chula Vista, California. And uh, we teach all levels from person who has never held a gun before all the way up to um, we've done training for SWAT teams and we've done training for um, private military contractors that were uh, about to deploy into combat zones overseas. So we do from everything from super beginner to super advanced. Um, all of our instructors are um, military background, um, combat experienced instructors. Uh, we like to approach firearms instruction not from a boot camp drill sergeant um, point of view we kind of we like to make everything fun Um, we don't yell at people we don't um, one of the things about asds is we will rarely tell you that something is wrong Um, we will show you i'll show you how i do it i'll explain to you why i do it this way i'll explain to you why this way is better than that way but whatever way works for you is uh, is what we'll go with and um you know, I think that's a, a rare thing in the firearms industry is that we'll very rarely tell you, we'll very rarely force you to do it our way, and we'll very rarely tell you that what you're doing is, is flat out wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, we do teach we teach handgun classes. Uh, we teach rifle classes. We teach uh, handgun and rifle mixed. We teach shotgun, although uh, I usually teach all the shotgun courses, and um, shotgun I always say it's the gun that is most commonly owned, but is most rarely trained. Yeah. Um, so everybody always asks for shotgun courses. And every time we put one on the calendar, we get like four people to show up. Um, and then we teach, um, we teach an advanced, uh, like we call it the operator's course. Um, so yeah, we do, we do a little bit of everything and, uh, and we do it well. And lately, ever since the, the COVID crisis has started, We've definitely we've seen a huge uptick in um, in enrollment uh, with a lot of first time uh, gun owners and uh, and people buying new guns. So, well, I would imagine you'd, you're probably getting a lot of new gun owners, and you're probably getting a lot of uh, you know people who've owned guns and are realizing, you know what, I need to take a class. I, I have this gun. I go to the range. I put holes in paper, but uh, all of a sudden, this feels very real. I better get some training. Yep, that's exactly right. And, and all of our classes start. I mean, none of us are lawyers. And uh, like I said, we all come at, at, at our firearms instruction. We come at, at everything we teach from kind of a, a military tactical background and standpoint. So we're not lawyers by any means, but we do start off every class with uh, training on, on use of deadly force and uh, the deadly force triangle, when deadly force is authorized and when it's not. And uh, so we give you some extremely poor man's uh, legal advice on use of deadly force and defending yourself and defending your home and some best practices when you're out in public and when you're concealed carrying and when you're, you know, again, when you're wanting to defend your yourself in your home. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, some practical training and defending your home. Um, yep. The McCloskey incident, uh, which was everybody saw the video of uh, the couple who uh, they were in like a, a like a gated community back in it's close to St. Louis. Um, they were in a gated community and a bunch of protesters broke through the gate 
and they were uh, uh, demonstrating and protesting um, in their neighborhood. I think there was a there was some elected official that lived in the same neighborhood, but this they they were walking right by the, their this couple's house, and she came out with a pistol. He came out with an AR. And of course, you know they got it on tape, and they're being uh, prosecuted. And um, I, you know, I think that uh, there were a lot of reactions, and there are a lot of different things to react to. Um, but I think the one thing that everybody agrees on is they could have used some more training. What, what are your what's, what, what are your thoughts on that uh, that incident and that uh, video? So I think I saw this incident um in, in about as real time as you could i saw it uh, when it was very very first reported um my first reaction was that, that i would love for those two people to adopt me um <laughs> yeah a, a couple of things immediately jumped out at me um and you know every every social media commando came out of the woodwork to point out everything that they did wrong and there were a lot of things they did wrong. There were a lot of things they could have done better, but there, there's actually a lot of positive takeaways. Um, and then there's a couple of negatives that you can turn into a positive in the military. I've always said uh, some of my best leadership role models were terrible leaders. And I just told myself I never wanted to be like them. So hmm. there's a couple of those kind of takeaways from the McCloskey's as well. But um, the, the, the first thing you have to remember um, ultimately at the end of the day, when everything was done and, and all the dust settled, they won. That's yeah. number one. That's first and foremost. Yep. Uh, they accomplished their mission. They were an effective deterrent. Nothing happened to them. Nothing happened to their home. They did not have to fire any shots. Nobody was injured. And um, I guess uh, I believe they're both um, attorneys. And uh, so in the midst of that chaos, if nothing else, they were at least able to keep their cool and remember exactly where the line was. Because there are a lot of people probably – that under those same circumstances might would have fired some shots, be, you know, maybe warning shots, maybe aimed shots at something they perceived was a threat or whatever. But there, I think it's not that far outside the realm of possibility to say that there's a lot of people put in that situation that, that maybe would have, would have fired their weapons. And the McCloskey's understood where the line was. And they did understand, like, once you cross that line into deadly force, you know, there's, there's really no going back from that. And they didn't. Well, um, so Jamie, Jamie, this is Dave. Let me just jump in for a second. And what comes to mind to me is in in Coeur when a group of Antifa folks or whatever you want to call them were headed into Coeur They heard they were coming, so the community just armed up. And when they rolled in, they seen everybody walking around with sidearms and ARs and what have you. They basically just turned around and left. So it's kind of the same thing, except with the McCloskeys, they, they broke into their property. So it's, it is very similar, but it's a huge distinction just in the fact that they had a little bit of heads up. They had a little bit of planning mm-hmm. and, and a little bit of time to prepare. And the McCloskeys did not. Right. And that's, that's, to me, that's one of the other huge takeaways. That, that, yeah, that's why I brought it up, because it's huge. Yep. Yep, that it's it seems like a very similar situation. A lot of people may even say it was an identical situation, but just having a little bit of time mm-hmm. to have some forethought and some planning is a huge difference. Right. Um, obviously, you can look at the photos and the videos of the McCloskeys and tell that they've not had any training, really. Uh, yeah. So, but but that's that's another huge takeaway from that incident is they had no time to prepare, they had no time to think, they had no time to plan, 
And what they did, in my opinion, is exactly what people with no training will do. Like mm-hmm. one of the things we always say when we're teaching is you will never rise to the occasion. You will sink to your level of training. And people who've had no training, mm-hmm. what they're going to do is mimic what they've seen other people do. And like it, it, people made memes out of it and stuff, but there's actually from the movie uh, Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger, there's a little like screenshot you could take in that movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is standing and holding his rifle exactly the way Mark McCloskey was holding that, that rifle on his front lawn. And so like <laughs> people who have no training are just going to mimic what they've seen other people do. And, uh, and there, you know, tons of people are talking trash on social media, but there are thousands and thousands of people who would react almost identically, if not worse, than, than what the McCloskeys did simply because they've had no training. One of the reasons I like Jamie is I think that uh, I don't know if I've met somebody who is as much an action movie, 80s action movie junkie <laughs> as, as Jamie. And I, that's something we both share. I but. don't know. I watched Mark Wahlberg in The Shooter like 32 times, okay? <laughs> wow. So, I mean, I know the dialogue if you have time. <laughs> So Mark Wahlberg and Shooter, that's the only movie I've ever seen where somebody has a malfunction and does a tap rack bang. And I've always wondered, <laughs> did they tell him to do that? Or was he trained so well yeah. that his gun actually malfunctions and he actually did a tap rack bang on his so own? He, if I ever meet Mark Wahlberg, I'm going to ask him. He, yeah. he trains at Front Sight, I found out. He trained for that movie okay. at Front Sight. Yeah, if you watch closely, there's an on-camera uh, tap rack bang that he does on on his AR. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. all right. So, what's another takeaway from the uh, from the McCloskeys? What what else do they do right? What else do they do wrong? <laughs> well, what, what's another? Let's put it this way. What's another learning experience we can gain from the McCloskeys? Um, so you could tell that they were extremely unfamiliar with the guns that were in their hands. Um, you could tell that the the guns that were in their hands were uh, you know. You could call them foreign objects in their hands. Um, so that's that's another takeaway. And that's not – you can't really – that's a separate thing from training. Um, you know, I could blindfold you and put you in your car, and you've been in your car enough times um, that if I blindfolded you and put you in your car, you would still be able to fasten your seatbelt. You'd still be able to start the ignition and put the car in gear because you know where the steering wheel is. You know where the gear shifter is. You know where the ignition is because you've spent that much time in your car. Now that doesn't make you a race car driver, but it does mean that you're familiar with your car. So one of the big takeaways there is get familiar with your firearm. Don't buy a firearm and lean it in the corner of your coat closet and leave it there for 10 years. Cause just looking at them with their firearms in their hand, that's what was apparent to me is that they were completely, not only were they not trained, but they were completely unfamiliar with their firearms. And I saw a screen capture uh, where somebody, um, magnified the picture of Mark McCloskey with the AR in his hand and the safety was off and his finger was on the trigger. So that's one of the things that the four universal weapon safety rules, they broke all four. But my view on that on an AR, you can't engage the safety if the, if the weapon's not charged. So I would bet money that his gun wasn't even charged. That's a good point. Hey, we're going to go to a commercial break, Jamie, and we're going to have you into the next segment. We're going to continue this conversation. So don't go anywhere, folks. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. All 
right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. Cali Key converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR pattern rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without it being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right, Michael, you want to introduce our guest as we're bringing him back? Absolutely. We're talking to Jamie Franks from Active Shooter Defense School. Um, He's also a competitor on Top Shots. And uh, we were talking about the McCloskey incident, which was uh, the video. You saw the couple in in, uh, St. Louis come out and uh, defend their... uh, It wasn't so much that they were defending their property as they were defending their life. Their big fear was that they were... um, Their house would be burned down or that they would be um attacked and so they 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 kind of headed it off of the pass and jamie made the point that one of the one of the learning experiences we can take away from the video is that they didn't appear to be very comfortable with their firearms and i gotta tell you they look scared to death they did they look terrified and i actually had an incident a few years ago five six years ago where it turned out to be nothing but we thought somebody was breaking into our house at about three in the morning and i jumped up uh, we heard glass break and i jumped up grabbed my glock and the first thing this this I had just spent a couple of years uh, doing IDPA matches, which were you know uh, defensive you know competitions, informal defensive competitions with my with my pistol. I remember you know how when 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 under stress everything slows down, mm-hmm. you live a whole life in about half a second. Yeah. One of the things that went through my head was, hey, this gun isn't uncomfortable in my hand. I remember thinking, I'm so glad I went to all, did all these IDPA matches and took these classes because this doesn't feel uncomfortable. Right. I, I'm, you're, I'm, you're I'm totally in control. Totally in control. So I thought that was an excellent point, uh, Jamie. What else? What other? What other learning uh, or what other lessons should we take away from the McCloskeys? So we already mentioned how they they pretty much violated all four of the universal weapon safety rules. So treat every weapon as if it's loaded. Never point a weapon at anything you don't intend to shoot. Keep your finger straight off the trigger until you intend to fire, and then know your target once beyond it. Um, so with the never point a weapon at anything you don't intend to shoot, um, they were both guilty, and this, this also ties into the fact where you can tell they haven't had any training, and you can tell that they're both unfamiliar with having a loaded weapon in their hand or, or any weapon in their hand. They were both using their guns as pointers. Yeah. So uh, you could see it in the video, uh, Patricia, she was, and she even, she even used her gun as a pointer to point at Mark a couple of times, which uh, that, that's a big no-no. Um, sidebar, I'm willing to give her a little bit of uh, benefit of the doubt because I don't know if you guys are read this, but when the, uh, when the police executed the search warrant on their property and confiscated their weapons, uh, the pistol that she had was actually a non-firing blank uh, prop pistol. <laughs> so um, I didn't I know that. If, yep, that's uh, crazy. So, so I wonder if maybe that's why she was being a little more liberal with yeah. pointing that pistol all over the place and using it as a pointer because she knew that it, it wasn't a real gun. Um, but but he was doing that a little bit too with with uh, his AR. So um, you don't ever want to, and that's part of the 
And in fact, I think that's actually the um, the foundation of why they're actually being prosecuted was because they quote unquote pointed their their guns at people. So you don't ever want to point your weapon at anything you don't intend to shoot, and you certainly don't want to take that ten steps further and use your gun as a laser pointer as you're pointing at things. Hey, look over there, look at that guy. What's this guy doing? And uh, pointing your gun as if you're pointing pointing your finger. Um, so all that could have been, you know, handled with a class, you know, not just a marksmanship class, but yeah. uh, which would have helped because, like you said, they didn't look real comfortable. I think more than one class. Yeah. Classes. Classes. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Uh, he's out there with, uh, you know, look like a, an old school, you know, run of the mill uh, AR. I think it was I, th- I think it had it was like a 20 inch barrel with a carry handle. Right. It, it, it looked like it was a. You know, circa 1990s AR. Um, yep, it was a uh, it was an M16A2 style AR15. So yeah, exactly right. 20 was, barrel, A2 carry handle, all that. Right, all that. Um, now this is you know this is as as controversial as it gets. Um, what 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 gun do you think they should have had in that situation? Now, any gun will do, right? I mean, if you if you have to defend yourself, but if you could stop and and uh, pause and and get any any type of gun for them and let's assume they had training what, what kind of gun is best in that situation so uh, i i've lived in california for 22 years now so um i do tend to come at these kind of questions with my my california glasses on uh-huh. that um that filters out common sense but um <laughs> really if you're speaking just strictly from a tactical standpoint um I'm a good guy with a gun and I want to defeat bad guy with a gun. And that's the end of the story. Um, whether we're in downtown San Diego or, or downtown Kandahar, I think your best gun across the board for home defense, for self-defense, for personal defense is an AR-15. Uh, probably not one with a 20 inch barrel, but uh, definitely an AR-15 with a, with a sling, a good set of sights and a flashlight on it um, is kind of what I always preached to everybody. But in California, I, I've, this is just my opinion. I don't really have anything to base this on other than my opinion, but I think in California, even if you have a completely 100% California compliant AR-15 with a 10 round magazine and all that, I think if in this state right now, if you shoot somebody with an AR-15, you're going to be looking at, at big problems. So one of the things I tell the students is a 12 bit shotgun um, is hard to beat. Um, I, I absolutely do not believe in the the gun store salesman tactic that says as soon as you you know as soon as you rack that shotgun that the bad guys are all going to run away um but if you have a good shotgun loaded with double op buck you're basically shooting nine bullets all at once and you're going to create a wound channel that is um, not going to be repairable i'll just say it that way um so you have a weapon that's 50 state legal pump shotguns are legal in every single state city and township in this country um, loaded with double op buck with a person that has a little bit of training, you're going to, a shotgun has the ability to immediately stop a threat in one good shot. Yeah. Um, it looks intimidating also, uh, for, you know, going back to the McCloskey's and, and their deterrence standpoint. Um, so really, uh, from, from a legal aspect and from a lethality aspect, um, if you can't effectively use an AR 15 because of where you live, I would say your next best bet is uh, would be a, a shotgun loaded with double lock buck. A shotgun, and, and I think also- I think that's really good advice. But I do want to I, I, I want to 
totally back up what you're saying about an AR. I think there's a lot of people uh, on on you know in the in the gun community that think uh, an AR is somehow too specialized, but an AR is a perfect defense uh, weapon. It, it's everything. AR-15 is the perfect defense weapon, if you tru- ask me. Yeah. Truly, I mean, if all you know, all the things that a gun does, you know, it loads ammunition. Uh, you know, or it's, I'm sorry, it holds ammunition, it loads ammunition, it shoots ammunition, and then it reloads ammunition and ejects. All those things that a firearm does, uh, it does excellently. And I, 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 I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad that you, you, uh, you know, that you pointed that out. So, all right, before we, uh, before we, we have a couple more minutes. I, <laughs> this is kind of funny to leave the McCloskey subject. I actually really like, and we were talking about 80s action movies a minute ago. (laughs) I really like your view on the movie, the original movie, Red Dawn, back in the 80s, Patrick Swayze and and the whole crew. Talk to tell us give us give us the spiel tell everybody why you like that movie so much and because it, it's okay, it's well, it's a lot more intelligent than just well it's a lot of cool guns so go ahead that's exactly right so you just you hit the nail right on the head with, with just that statement so the biggest mistake anybody can make is to lump that movie in with the other cheesy eighties action movies number one I would not even go so far as to call Red Dawn an action movie there is action but it's much more of a drama. And you're right. It, it's it's a really intelligent movie um, when you, when you strip it down. It 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 suffers from the misfortune of being released. It was released in 1984, um, and it came out around the time of a bunch of horrible and unrealistic and unsmart uh, cheesy 80s action movies. And so it tends to get lumped in with that. But um, Red Dawn is is a really fantastic movie. Um, I always say, and I'm not even joking, I'm not exaggerating one bit, I always say that Red Dawn is the movie that made me the man that I am today. Red Dawn came out when I was five years old, and uh, I watched it probably when I was seven or eight years old for the first time. And my grandfather is a World War II veteran, and uh, he's a D-Day veteran, a veteran of Battle of the Bulge and everything. And and my grandfather um, taught me that, you know, that America is the greatest country in, in, in the world. And I remember my granddaddy gave me his canteen for his world war ii canteen and it had us on the printed on the canteen and it's a very vivid memory i i looked at him and i said granddaddy what does us mean i didn't know and he's like that means the united states that means you're the good guy and so the movie red dawn is an extremely patriotic movie and, and honestly i i think it's responsible partially for making me the the patriotic person that i became because it's about a bunch of teenagers that decided to stand up and risk their lives for something greater than themselves. Um, also, it does a fantastic job at showing that war is horrible. Yeah, war is yeah. horrible for everybody. It's horrible for the quote-unquote good guys. It's horrible for the quote-unquote bad guys. In Red Dawn, the Russians come here, and it shows that even the Russians that are here as occupiers, the war is still bad for them because they're watching their friends get killed. They're, they're missing their family and their friends back home. They're, they are on deployment, just like when we go on deployment to Iraq or Afghanistan, we're missing our family and friends, and we're watching our friends get killed. Um, it's bad for the people in the, the host country of the war because your entire way of life has been completely turned upside down. And Red Dawn does a fantastic job at showing that nobody ever wins a war. That's one of the things that, that Sun Tzu and, uh, and Von Clausewitz both said in, in their writing is that nobody ever wins a war. Both sides lose. You know, in the end, maybe this country wins or that country wins. But when you're a soldier on the ground, no matter which side you're on, nobody ever wins. 
Um, so a lot of people and, don't uh, know, but the writer, the guy who rewrote the script and the director is a guy named John Melius. And John Melius, what you just described, Jamie, is exactly the point he was trying to get across in the movie. Uh, John Melius was also a uh, board member for the NRA for years. So there's a, there are a couple of subtle pro second amendment hints in the movie including uh when the russians and cubans uh invaded colorado uh the first thing they did is they went to the local sports store and said hey get me all the gun registration uh, forms and that's how and we're going to go make sure that everybody that has a gun we're going to go collect the gun from them. so it was an anti-gun registration <laughs> message right in the middle of red dawn but he was he was very pro second amendment still is he is very pro second amendment uh he uh he's also a uh, side note um walter sobchak from uh from uh uh uh, what's the movie? The the, the with the dude, yeah, the Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yeah. Walter Sobchak, he was actually based on John Melius. If you look at a picture of John Melius, he looks exactly like Walter Sobchak. It's it's really really hilarious. Yeah, and, and in their first, like the first couple of battles with the soldiers, the the kids, the you know the citizen soldiers, they're using uh, commonly available hunting rifles and and things like that. So you know that that goes to the Second Amendment. Um, when Red Dawn was being produced, they actually they they started getting investigated by the CIA yeah. because the uh, the the replica tanks and aircraft and weapons that they had built for the movie were so accurate that the CIA thought that somehow the production company was importing these things from Soviet Russia. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. It's a good movie, and I, I got to tell you, you and I are about yeah. the same age. I'm a couple years older, but I uh, uh, it it this sounds cheesy. That movie kind of changed my life. I'm eight, nine years old. I see that movie on HBO, and it kind of it influences you. You're a kid in the '80s. It makes you more patriotic. It makes you, you know, it kind of changes. Well, it's, we it's need more, to bring it back. We probably do. And you know, I got to tell you, we should have sent. We should have spent an entire segment just on this, Jamie. We're actually out of time, but I really am uh, happy that somebody else uh, takes Red Dawn so seriously. <laughs> So I do. I do take it seriously. And you, you hear kids talk, you know, kids that grew up in the 1960s that grew up under the threat of the, the Cuban Missile Crisis. You know, you know, kids back then thought there was going to be a nuclear attack. They, sure. they It was just a given. Like, it's going to happen. We just don't know what day it's going to happen. And, like, I kind of grew up with one eyeball looking out the window waiting for Russian paratroopers to come out of the sky. And, uh, and so I took <laughs> Never it happened. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I was I was promised a Russian invasion. It never yeah. happened. So. All right, buddy. Hey, Jamie, thank you very much. We look forward to having you on the show down the road. And I hope you're coming to Gun Prom. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that, yep. that's the plan. All right. We're going to have fun for sure right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio on FM. 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, get ready for some exciting news. If you've seen the active self-protection video on YouTube, now you have a chance to train with them. Cover your ASP week with John Correa. It's coming up next March. It's a week full of fun and education for all levels of gun owners. There's going to be a webinar, a live fire class for beginners, a happy hour meet, and great for everybody and a two-day training session with john tickets are not available yet they're still 
They will start selling in October. Right now, we're looking for every event sponsor. So if you want to put your business in front of Southern California gun owners, email events at gunownersradio.com. This is going to be a great event, a lot of fun. Don't miss it. All right, Michael, who's your special guest? We have a very special guest, uh, Melissa Lee, who actually works for San Diego County Gun Owners. What's your What's your title? Um, marketing and social media manager. It used to, it used to be Grand Poobah. We changed that. We so did. Mar- okay, all right. Couldn't get it it's on the business card. It was just too. Couldn't spell it. <laughs> so Melissa, how long have you been at? Well, first off, there's a lot of different aspects when it comes to you know gun sports. Uh, there's a lot of some of it's not sport at all. Some of it is very practical, and we talk a lot about uh, the practical uses of firearms, especially with CCWs being so popular. And Jamie, in the last segment, we were talking about the McCloskeys and and defending their their property. But there's a lot of really cool, fun uh, things you can do with a firearm. And how long have you been into firearms, Melissa? Only four years. Four years, mm-hmm. and you've already. So what 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 was the catalyst? And what got you into it? <laughs> I went to Arizona to I think it was C two Tactical, and I paid a lot of money to shoot a fully auto Scar. <laughs> and but, but what made you even do that? I mean, were you sitting on the couch saying, "You know, I just got to get a gun and shoot it"? It just looked like fun. It just sounded like fun, so I just did it. Wow! And it was a blast. Got back to San Diego, and I'm like. I want to do this again. I want I to gotta shoot again. I got to get involved. So <laughs> I started going to Poway Weapons and Gear, started shooting there, renting, paying for the lane fee. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is expensive. So I got a membership. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm tired of renting a gun. So I bought my first gun. I bought a Glock 19 from them. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. So after that Glock 19, a month later, I had um, an AR-15 built by Gunfighter Tactical. And then I found my tactical trainer, Vic, from formerly from the Glock store. Glock store, and now he's at Firearms Unknown, right? Yep. yep. So he's my tactical no, trainer. No, Firearms Unknown. Firearms Unknown. Unknown. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Don't mix it up. Maybe. Sorry. Don't sorry. mix it. Up. All right. No. Don't mix it up. I don't want to talk about. You're having. So by the way, you're having like the full San Diego Second Amendment experience. You're hitting all the. All the San Diego places and having your AR built by, you know, yeah, this is, this, this, this right. is good. And you started doing, you start, would you start doing IPSC or? USPSA. In fact, it was funny because like when I started training with Vic, it was three months of training and he says, boom, you're ready for a USPSA. I'm like, no, I'm not. He was like, yes, you are. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And he was like, yes, you are. Just get in there and do it. So he basically made me and then I, and then I was. I, you fell I, into it. I fell into it, but I fell into it big time. And you were hooked. I was hooked. So, and that's, so you you have your self-defense. Do you have a CCW yet? I do. Are we allowed to ask that? Okay, you do. You say you have your CCW, you had your AR built, you had your, you bought your Glock 19, you're, you, you started, you know, shooting competitively and having a lot of fun. And you got into something that I, I think not a lot of people... Um, not a lot of people get into it. It's a little bit more complicated. She uh, bought an M48 tank. Exactly. And wow, drive that to and barrel. <laughs> you got into long distance precision shooting. Correct. How did you get into that? What, what sparked that interest? I was actually on Instagram and I was watching, I follow people. So I was following Nine Dolls and it's this cute Asian girl who's doing precision rifle shooting. And she was training with, or she's an instructor for Tyler Hughes of Max Ordnance. So Gunfighter Tactical was doing a special class for like their customers 
to do like a weekend trip to do precision. It was like a combo class, a hybrid precision one and two hybrid class. So I said for my birthday, I'm like, I want this. So I did it. So I basically, you know, did a whole weekend of precision rifle shooting all by myself. And I didn't go with anybody. And that's how I fell into that one. And we talk about long distance. We're looking at what's a typical uh, long distance uh, when when you're training to shoot long distance. What's what are the minimums? I, uh, I think like zeroing, zeroing out is like 100 yeah. on the range. And then they now put targets out past a mile Wow! on that range. And I've only, back when I went, they didn't have that mile marker, but I shot my rifle at 1,200 yards. Wow. Yeah. 1,200. So, wow. 1,200. So, so you went through the class and you got hooked. And then what? You went out and bought a, what's, what's your precision rifle? It's a Remington 700 chambered in 6.5 Creedmoor. Wow. And I Actually, the first time I shot at that range during that class was when I received my rifle because my friend Ray, who's nine dolls on Instagram, she brought it from Vegas for me. And then I got to shoot it for the first time because I bought it from one of her friends who owns DMR, which is a custom, you know, you know, I don't know, custom rifle shop. And it fits you perfectly. It, It was amazing. It still is. That is like my Zen gun. That's my one of my favorite rifles ever. Your go-to. It is. And in fact, I don't even, that's my only rifle I own now. I used to have an AR-15. I had a poverty pony, but I sold it right before COVID. I regret it, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never sell a gun. That's my advice to everybody out there. Never, ever, ever sell yeah, a gun. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, like that's great advice. <laughs> just just keep it. I've never heard anybody. I've heard so many stories. Of, I used to have a, now I regret. Don't I've you ne- hate that story? I've never heard a gun owner say, yeah, I sold this gun a few years ago. I'm so happy about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that that's, that's okay. So 1,200 yards is the longest shot you've ever taken? That's yes. crazy. And it's funny because like when you shoot at 1,200 yards- you're looking through your scope and then I don't have patience because I'm, you know, I want to instantly. He didn't say impact. And I got up from my scope and I'm like, I missed. And he was like, you can hear a bing. And then he was like, Melissa, you have to be patient. It takes like three seconds to get there. I'm like, oh yeah, it is 1200 yards. I forgot. So you're, you're, are you, what are you, are you bench or land prone? That one was off the hood of a car. Off the hood of a car. That's the best. The that's the best. Special car? Yeah. An abandoned car on the property, yes. An abandoned car on the property. I was shooting like through the back seat of a car, like the window, and through the back seat of a car. Um, and then I got on top of the car and used the hood of the, or the roof of the car, and I shot off of that one too. And then there's like barrels, now tank there's breaks. a visual if there ever was one. <laughs> I got to shoot a roof. Roof is really hard to shoot off of. It really is. I've heard that. I mean, that's the old saying, right? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Who, I well, I mean, on a roof, that, right? it's not it's not solid. It was pitched, so I had to put like a backpack underneath my butt so I can squat down on something yeah. and have a steady, you know. Melissa, what kind, what kind of scope or what magnification do you use to shoot at twelve hundred yards? Um, I had to borrow a scope from Tyler. Um, I borrowed his Schmidt and Bender. And then I switched the next day to his Night Force um, with a horse reticle, and it was amazing. It was an amazing scope. And you're looking right at the target very clearly and uh, see yep. everything at night. Wow. Well, well 1,200 yards, you probably barely see anything. You're probably just kind of. It was a good scope. I could see. Yeah. Okay. You could yeah. see like a, the, the, the bullseye. Uh, well, how did you know? I mean, did you have to raise the elevation? Did you have to go left, right? Well, I, I mean, had a spotter. So. Oh, so he was saying raise it. 
Well, he just, I got the 1200 yard shot on my first, my first try. So he didn't have to make any corrections. Remind me not to make her mad, okay? Because I cannot run out 1,200 yards. Well, it, you know, this is probably, I mean, this is really, truly, uh, you know, it's kind of the difference between cooking and, and baking. You know, cooks just kind of throw stuff in a pot and it Bakers might turn have to. Yeah, bakers, it has to be really precise. And yeah. this, these are the, you guys are the bakers of the Second That's Amendment right. world. All right. I we're like gonna, that. We're going to take a quick break and listen to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Get a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. All right. Who we got next? Well, we're going to talk to Joe, but first I want to answer a question that actually just came in. Uh, Tony wants to know uh, if he can buy a a 16-shot uh, uh, magazine in Arizona or Nevada because, um, you know, we're limited to – you can't purchase fire or uh, magazines that hold more than 10 rounds here in California. So his question is, hey, can I just buy it in Arizona or Nevada? And just bring the, it over. Right. The answer is no, you cannot. I'm not an attorney. This is not legal advice. Uh, please uh, make sure you understand the, the law. But uh, the law prohibits the uh, import of uh, uh, normal, or normal capacity magazines or magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. He also wants to know, hey, what if a relative from out of state – buys that and gifts it to him here in California? And again, the answer is no. You actually cannot, if you don't have um, a normal capacity magazine, you cannot take possession of that normal capacity magazine. Right. You either had to get it before the ban or you had to get it during Freedom Week. Um, there are a couple other little ways to to obtain them, but you currently cannot take possession of it. You cannot buy it, cannot import it. And for any legal answers to those two questions, call John at 760 760- Six four two seven one five zero. That's seven six zero six four two seven one five zero. That's John Dillon at John Dillon Law Group. He is the man with all the correct answers. Right now, Joe Jamisi, I just took my renewal, my CCW renewal on Friday, 
passed with flying colors with Bill, Big Bill DC from CCW USA. Ah, the only way to go. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, Joe Jamisi wrote a CCW Lifestyle Article Number Eleven: Failing the Victim Selection Process. So we started writing these things what back at the beginning of the year, I think. Um, this uh, concealed carry lifestyle series. Uh, and this is the 11th article in that series. And uh, every couple of weeks, every two, three weeks, we'll um, publish one of these. And the idea is to, um, you know, help people that are getting their concealed carry new to this, learn a lot of the stuff that you need to learn. Cause there's a lot more to it just uh, than just buying the gun and going to the range and doing that kind of stuff. There's uh, a lot of stuff to it. And, uh, and I hope people that are doing this, uh, if you're getting your concealed carry license, I ho- hope people, for the most part, are taking the time to actually read this stuff and learn this stuff and take classes and, and figure out what you're doing before you actually have to do something. Um, and it's it's a really important thing. So hopefully you're looking at these articles and doing some other things. And but where do they find those articles? These are on the San Diego County Gun Owners blog page. So if you go to the San Diego County Gun Owners website, look under news and then blog, and you'll okay. see all of them there. Well, you know, the reason I say it, because I ran into a lady at a restaurant, and she, her and I are chatting, and she says, yeah, she says, I want to get a CCW. I just don't know how to do it. San Diego County Gun Owners dot, dot org. Yeah, and then I, I ran into the two guys who run radio. Same thing, just like we talked earlier. Yep. Well, I just don't know where to go. I just don't know how to do it. Yep. And the one girl says, oh, well, I carry lots of money, so I, I should get a CCW instantly. I yeah, go, no, that's not going to fly. It just, won't be instantly, but she can get it. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> San but Diego go County. to the website. Right. The, the letter's already written. Yep. Watch the video, the tutorial, three or four times. Right. Do the, Download the letter, yep. and, and you should be happy. San Diego County Gun Owners dot com slash CCW. Yeah, as long as you right have there. a clean back record and you can pass background check, you, you should have be fine. Yep. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, I have that conversation a couple of times a week with people. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the place to go. But the uh, thing we were talking about this week is uh, failing the victim selection process. So, you know, the whole thing with uh, concealed carry is uh, we spend a lot of time avoiding situations. You know, the, the whole goal is not to get into a self-defense type situation. And, um, you know, you hear uh, like John Farnham's rules of stupid, I guess, if you follow those <laughs> things. Um, you know, don't go stupid places with stupid people at stupid times and do stupid things. Um, you know, if you avoid that kind of stuff, you're way ahead of the game. And... Um, you know, with predators, with criminals, criminals are basically predators, or essentially predators, and they select prey. So understanding what criminals are doing and how they behave and being awake and alert for that kind of stuff, um, you know, it goes a long way in avoiding those things because you don't want to look like prey. Um, criminals, uh, I don't want to say they're smart, but they're they're good at what they do for the most part. And eh, Some of them aren't, but uh, for the most part, they're good at what they do. But, you know, they're not looking... Uh, to, well, I don't say that either. Let's go. Let me go back here. There's there's two kinds of uh, two big categories of uh, you are on that radio. You have to deal with yeah, but it's live radio, so I get away with all this. Uh, but there's two kind of general categories. You've got resource predators and you have process predators. Resource predators are looking for something that you have that they want and they want to take it from you. Process predators may do the same thing, but they also enjoy the process of doing it. Uh, they enjoy the crime itself, mm-hmm. the the hurting people and, and all that kind of stuff. The adrenaline rush. So, yeah, and unfortunately, you don't know what you're dealing with until you're dealing with it. So the best practice is to avoid all of that stuff. Um, but again, they're not, you know, for we're going to talk about the resource predators here in this article anyway. And, um, you know, you don't want to look like prey. And when they're looking for people, they're they're looking for two things. The uh, The first thing is, does that person have something I want? 
And can I steal that relatively safely and get away with it? Um, because they're not, again, looking for a fight. Um, so they don't want to do that kind of stuff. They want to take what you have and get out of there. So they're looking for certain things. And um, it's interesting. There was a study done, and um, this was a couple of years. This was a while ago. Uh, but they went to uh, uh, federal prisons, and they interviewed prisoners there. And they asked them a series of questions about what they look for when they're selecting a victim. And they actually went through and they showed them uh, videos of people walking down the street in different environments. And these criminals would pick out uh, certain people. And what they found was uh, the different criminals they talked to um, consistently picked the same people. Mm. And they're looking for certain things. And they couldn't always explain why, but they would look, yeah, that one or no, not that one. And what they're looking for is um, they're looking for people that maybe look like they're not going to resist, uh, people that look like they're not aware, they walking with their heads down or they walking kind of slouched over or they focused on a cell phone or something like that. And that's the kind of thing that they're looking for. So, you know, one of the things you want to do when you're out in public is be aware of that kind of stuff. Be aware about how you're walking, how you're carrying yourself, what you're doing. Be looking around. Um, well, you want them to look at you and say, yeah, not that one and go with somebody else. Uh, the other thing, John Correa, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, um, talks about transitional spaces. And um, if you watch John's videos, they're, they're really good. I always recommend everybody watch those things. He does one every day. And he um, he critiques these different uh, videos of actual crimes that are happening. And he always talks about transitional spaces. And uh, that runs through my head all the time now. So transitional spaces are places where people come and go freely. Um, if you're at the gas station, if you're putting gas in your car, if you go to a convenience store, if you're in a parking lot, um, getting in and out of your car is a transitional space. And when you're doing that, you want to be aware of the people that are in there. Um, and you're looking for, um, for unusual behavior. The guys, I think a couple of weeks ago, somebody mentioned the book Left the Bang that's out there. And uh, they talk about that where they train in the military and they train to look for things that are unusual in a crowd. And if you think about this, you can get pretty good at it after a little bit of practice, but you're looking for things. Um, is somebody paying attention to you? You know, normally when you're out in public, nobody even knows you're there. Nobody's paying attention to you. They're all doing their own things. If you spot somebody that's watching you, that's something you want to pay attention to. Um, when people move, uh, criminals need to get in the position to hurt you. They can't hurt you from across the street. They've got to get close to you within arm's length or so usually. And, um, you know, you look for unusual behavior or people walking or is there someone walking towards you? Um, are there two people walking toward you and then they split up? That's, that's weird behavior. People don't normally do that. So, you know, learning that kind of stuff and um, starting to practice and just being aware of that sort of thing goes a long way in avoiding getting in these situations. So that's uh, kind of what the article was talking about. And- I've, I've, I've experienced that when I, back in my, my old career when I was working at a bank. Um, we would, uh, if somebody came into the bank and they were acting kind of suspicious, um, one of the most effective things to do is just go up and talk to them. Like, just know that, hey, you know, you're being watched. You're so, being, hey, the first time in the bank? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, can I help you with something? How's everything going? And sure enough, they'd, uh, no, I'm good. And they'd try. I, I know we've, we, we, uh, uh, stopped a couple of uh, bad things from happening really? just by, just by, being assertive, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, yeah. what are you doing? Now, did you get that in training or was that just kind of a natural thing? You know, I don't remember that being trained, uh, you know, formally. You know, banks do train for bankruptcy. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I know that just about everybody I know who works at a bank does and knows the same thing. 
You know, and it, it translates like I know when I'm out walking around in the street and someone's walking too close to me or something like that, I'll just stop and turn around and look at them. Yeah, hey, how exactly. You doing? Something yeah. as simple as eye contact. Yeah. Did because, you need um, something? Yeah. Well, because they know you're paying attention now, and they that that means that you're you're alert and you're looking. So um, they really don't want to do that kind of stuff. So wow. they'll look for somebody else. That'd make the hair stand up with the back of your neck just there a little bit, right? All right, folks. Hey, we got a lot more on the show. Don't go anywhere. This is Gun Owners Radio. On FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961. AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, folks. Prime interest rates have dropped. And you need a good mortgage company. We recommend PRMI Mortgage. Go to primeres.com backslash alpine. All mortgage interest rates have dropped. And if you're looking to buy a refi or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been help, helping local San Diegans with all our their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call. 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com backslash alpine all right joe jeremisi his uh gear review today will be pom self-defense pepper spray and michael schwartz has volunteered to be the the guinea pig <laughs> so are you ready to get shot in the face i've you know i've never been shot in the face but i did have uh a little, I had a uh, uh, a little pepper spray bottle, and it had a little speck of pepper spray on it, and I flicked it with my finger, and then I scratched my eyebrow, and I thought my eyebrow was melting off of my face. It It's serious stuff. Anyway, th- and this is a perfect uh, transition from what we were just talking about, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what did you like about uh, Palm? Well, we had um, – I wrote an article probably – the beginning of the year, maybe the end of last year, about concealed carry stuff again. So if it was one of those, it was probably the beginning of this year. Um, and uh, should you carry something non-lethal with you? And, you know, because every problem is not a gun problem. Right. And uh, I actually talked to some experts. I talked to John Correa. I talked to Bill DC. I talked to Morgan Ballas and got their uh, inputs on that. And um, pretty much all of them recommend something, you know, uh, a little bit less lethal or not lethal. So what I got here right out of the Amazon box is um, this is a uh, palm. If you can see it here is a, um, is an OC spray. And um, what it, this thing is about, uh, this is probably $12, I guess off of Amazon, you get it in a day or two. And uh, it's a really nice thing to have because again, not all problems require a firearm. And uh, like Michael was saying, this will calm somebody down usually yeah. pretty quickly. And um, just open this up here, get it out. One of the things I like about this thing is, um, it's uh, kind of small and easy to deal with. Yeah, no kidding. Everybody <laughs> back away. <laughs> don't trust me. Look, you um, got a dozen eggs. I don't want to see that thing go off. So these are really nice. Uh, like I said, it's about a $12 thing. It's um, one of the stronger ones. They they uh, rate these in terms of percentage of, uh, was it major capsaicins? I think is how they call it, MC. And um, the MC for the strongest ones that you can get uh, commercially, legally anyway, uh, or between two and three percent. This one's like one point four, so um, so it's pretty good. Um, I, I was telling you, I heard of this from uh, John Korea. He's real big on this, and John does all these experiments. So John had to get himself sprayed, and uh, you know, claiming that this is great. 
I'm a little bit too old to be doing that. So I'll have to say I did not spray myself with this. Um, I experienced that in the Navy. That was plenty. I yeah. remember what it was like, so I don't have to do it again. Did you fire it just to see how easy it is? I have. And actually, I was recycling mine because uh, my other ones I had were about two years old. So I got kind of got rid of them today. And I thought, well, since I'm going to talk about this anyway, let me burn those up and try it out. And um, they say this is good for a, um, what they say, a 10-second uh, a burst uh, or a 10-second stream, you know, nonstop. 10 seconds is a long time. Yeah, or it'll do, they claim it'll do 20 bursts. So I tried that out because I had two of them. So let me, I wanted to see what it was. And if you hold your um, thumb down in there, and it'll go pretty much for about 10 seconds, it's good for um, probably six or seven feet is what it was like. And this is a stream type. So this shoots out a liquid stream. Uh, there's some that fog. There's some that are uh, spray. foams. Yeah, or a spray type. Now, thing. do they recommend you shoot directly at your target, or do you move it around? No, with these, you're aiming right for the eyes and the face. That's what you want to get because it's going to get in their eyes. It gets in their mouth. It makes it hard to breathe. You want it? It makes it you hard want to it, see. Michael? Yeah, like, can I take oh, a Sure. Yeah, don't yeah, be spraying go. anybody with that thing. No, don't do so it. while Michael's looking at that one, actually, I got another one here because I actually carry one of these. And um, what's nice with these things. Um, is the clip is on there, and uh, you can see there, there's bigger ones that you can get. But, I mean, this fits right in your pocket. I tend to wear jeans a lot. It'll clip right in there. What do you mean by clip? Is there a clip on yeah, there? Yeah, there's a clip right on this thing. So it'll clip right okay. in the corner of your pocket, and it and sits it right in and there. And it won't fire off accidentally? No, it's great. There's a cover on here, so to fire it, you get your thumb under there, and I'll point it toward uh, toward Rich. Yeah. <laughs> so you get your thumb under there, and Just you duck, push. Rich. So it's covered when it's in your pocket. But what's nice about this is when you grab it, it's in your pocket like this. So you can reach down, you pull it out, and you could feel where it is without looking at it. If you can feel this clip against your fingers, your lower three fingers here, then you know it's exactly where it needs to be, and you don't have to look at it. So you can so wait, it So you lift pocket. that up. You lift that and just push down on the button that's... And where's the sprayer hole? In right the, out here. In the okay, gotcha. So as long as you're... It's on the same side the clip is on. So um, as long as you grab that clip, uh, you're all set. And for the fashion conscious, uh, you can get these in with a... They're black, white, or gray. Oh. And then there's 10 different colored bands you can get. So I don't know if you want to customize Does the band have a, any, any importance as no. far as power and... <laughs> No, how it just, much uh, helps Caspians? You, no, it just helps you uh, tell the difference, I guess, uh, tell them apart or something And like that's that. actually what I want. I wanted to see the design of the top and that that kind of that, that trap yeah, door just, that you have to lift. That's really, really good. I, I, I'm a big fan of, of pepper spray. If I, if I hadn't, I swear, if I hadn't started San Diego County gun owners, I would have started San Diego County pepper spray owners. I used to buy five or six at a time because inevitably I would give it to a waitress as uh, I'd put it out on the, on the table and it would spark conversation. Sure. And by the end of it, they'd be like, Oh yeah. And I'd just give it to, well, you know, to the waitress. You know, the one thing I did discover with, I have lost one or two of these and, um, I tend to wear um, I tend to wear these kinds of shirts here during the day, and there's a tag in here. And you. this tag used to be looped. I now cut them, but when that tag is looped, occasionally it'll snag that hook, and it'll <laughs> and pull pop right, it right out. out. And yeah, if you don't catch it, <laughs> yeah. it's gone. Well, so is it a? Oh, I'm sorry. Is uh, it a one shot use? Is no, it? No, no, no. This will work. Um, so I can squirt it a little bit and then put it away, and I still got more squirts. You can. What I did today with both of them. Um, usually, if the way this is, if you're gonna if you're gonna squirt somebody with it, just the way the stream comes out, probably a second or two to make sure you hit them in the face and kind of move it around a bit because. Yeah. When it first squirt, you know, you have to see where it's going and then kind of adjust it a little bit. But they're going to be bobbing and weaving and trying to get away from it, they right? They might be, but they better be about where 
as far as I am from you right now, or that's not going to work real well anyway. So they'll be close enough. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, I held with the one, I just held my thumb down on it and it went for about 10 seconds before it petered out. Um, and then with the other one, I just did like maybe second bursts and I, I got almost 20 out of it. I think I got about 17 or something before it stopped. Wow. So, I have a question um, for you. Yeah. So how, when you spray it, does it spread out? No, it stays in a stream. There's different But you kinds. can get the kind that's, I like the one that would spray out. Well, that's that's a trick though, because like, what if there was wind and you get it blown back into your yeah. face and you pepper spray yourself? No, you say, well, excuse me, hold it, crook. Come over here, stand right there. Well, you, you do have that issue. Uh, the ones Palm makes, they, they all theirs are a stream type, so they don't make the other kinds, but there's, there's other manufacturers out there. But the uh, thing too, if you're inside, if you're in a room or something like that, Probably a spray is a little bit better, maybe than a fog or a, or right. a stream is probably better than a spray or a fog. Um, yeah. And I think a stream would be less likely to blow back into your face versus a fog or or a spray. Yeah. I know they Not, make gels too. They do. Yeah, they, do. they make That's gels, the same so thing. they yeah. don't do that. Yeah, but you do have to pay attention though, because I, I sprayed these today and there was a little bit of a breeze and I did feel it a little bit. <laughs> I had a feeling. But that trapdoor design is actually perfect. I've, I years ago I was I was trying a couple different other types of of tops and I had I had a bottle of that go off in my pocket at a Padres game. Ooh. Oh, yeah. nice! I know it was pretty bad. I, I, by the way, how did I get that into a Padres game? I don't even remember. Um, but yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I can't remember how I got it in. I must uh, they, they just their security is horrible, I guess. But I'm sitting there, my the, my thigh starts getting really cold, you know, and then the lady <laughs> next to me starts coughing, and I'm like, I wonder what's going on. And then I figured it out. I was like, Oh, oh no, God, I got to get out of here. Let's go. <laughs> Game's over. But yeah. so the design of the actual uh, bottle is very very important, and that is an excellent design. Yeah, it works really well. Twelve bucks and. Uh, Twelve, uh, yeah, twelve ninety five, I think, on Amazon. If you I'm buy it from gonna, them, and I'm you can order get it in a day or two, because yeah. I got a great big tall one right by the front door, which is great by the front door. Yeah, uh, and it's a bear, carrying it it's around. It's a bear spray. Now, I, is there a life expectancy on these? Um, they say every year or so. I oh, think, geez, uh, I gotta get rid of go, my bear so. spray. I'm gonna go chase some Roddy's tomorrow. So yeah, so you want to I mean, for, for twelve bucks, you want to make sure it's gonna work if you ever need you it. Think? And uh, you know, having the thing go off like you were talking about. When I used to do um, EMT work in the desert with the sheriff's off-road team, we had a, a pepper ball gun in oh. there because we had a lot of crowd stuff to deal with. And um, a couple of those balls got out on the floor, the back seat, oh. and got smashed. Oh. And that's a that's a cool experience. So, again, wake I, you I, don't, I don't feel like I need to spray myself with these. So. Uh, so we think you should. With these. It, it, it's hardcore. If you've never been, Spray. I actually had to use one. There were some. Uh, there was a group of six people, and I was getting them out of our association pool at one in the morning. Two of them decided to attack me, and I used uh, a bottle of pepper spray to to put them put three of them down, and one of them actually leaned up against me. And for the next day and a half, I felt like I had a really bad sunburn on my arm. Just from the, the spray. secondary contact, wow. so it's hardcore. And the people I sprayed, I mean, they it, it was it's like lava. I mean, they any tiny bit of this touches you, and you're you're done. And they say that this type, the palm, is much stronger than police spray because the police spray has to have a lower grade of, of potency. Because because they're wrestling with somebody and there's a good chance they get it back on themselves. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I had told a police officer. The good thing me. about that, these are legal in all 50 states. They're legal in California, so uh, so it's not a problem. But I way. think that's good. That and, and I don't. I would not recommend you know to 
carry it in your purse, you should carry it on your person. I think, yeah, I think carrying it where you can get to the same thing you would do with a firearm. Do you yes. carry it in your purse, Joe? Uh, no, I carry it where I can get to it. <laughs> his, his purse. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, folks, thousands of new gun buyers just found out what San Diego gun owner already knew. A.O. Sword Firearms and Alcohol. They have the widest selection of guns in the county. Hundreds of new and used guns in stock and everything you could want for an AR-15. A.O. Sword is also a professional gunsmith with a full machine shop for cleaning, repair, upgrading, customization, even Cerakote. Check out A.O. Sword on Facebook or AOSword.com. We have our firearms technical expert, David Chong, in the house. Hey, David, we were talking a little bit about palm pepper spray. Do you carry that in the store? We do. I, I don't have the palm brand, but we've got Saber and now a, uh, uh, gosh darn it, I can't remember the name of it because I haven't brought it into the, it hasn't arrived yet, but we just ordered the new um, gun style uh, pepper ball uh, launcher that uh, it, it, we, we got a lot of requests for that one so we brought it in i have you heard of it have you seen it no but i i'm trying to get joe off amazon and get him to start going to our local advertisers to buy these products keep, keep track of the pepper balls that's all i can say yeah so i yeah right because he already had one go off in a truck so i just wanted you know because whenever i talk to you i want to make if you're selling the product i'd rather send our listeners to you thank you very much i appreciate that yeah. well i just tuned into the uh facebook live stream and i see a local celebrity in there do you guys realize how much of a badass uh melissa lee is that, we were just interviewing Dude. her yeah we interviewed her subject. she did a shot 1200 yards out hello yeah, right on hello david <laughs> oh she's Hi. blushing nice job oh. dave you got her to blush yeah. <laughs> well she's a tough cookie so that that means something yeah we used to be co-workers and i'll tell you uh she can uh she can deliver uh clients a world-class massage then cook them a gourmet dinner and <laughs> then when your dinner party gets overrun by anarchists she can double tap every single one of the instigators. He just called me out. He did. He called me out. I'm a massage, a certified massage therapist and a chef. <laughs> Are you really? Yes. And a gun, a gun carrier. Yes. Multi-talented lady. She is awesome. And uh, are you going to be there on a regular basis? I, I don't expect to, but I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry if I just stirred the pot there. But anyway, really, really nice to see you on Facebook uh, and and hear you on the show. That's that's awesome. Uh, you're a great local talent. Thank you. So, what's kicking, uh, brother? I wanted to give the team and our listeners a little update on uh, uh, a disturbing case that I brought to your attention uh, a month and a half ago. We had a Navy Master at Arms, and that's their specific terms for basically a military policeman. Uh, 
fully lawfully and legally come to the store to buy an off-roster handgun, which is uh, uh, which has a very special section in the California Penal Code that allows them to buy off-roster handguns. They are exempt from the California handgun roster. Uh, we've we've sold many off-roster handguns to other military policemen and women of uh, all service branches uh, over the years. But uh, Michael, as you'll recall, of course, uh, beginning of this year, we got uh, called into a highly unusual meeting. Yeah. Uh, uh, you want to just remind listeners about that? Yeah, the ATF. Uh, uh called uh, FFLs and, and some other folks into a meeting uh, and talked about, uh, uh, basically it was, it was about straw purchases and, and gave a very, a much more broad definition of what they consider a straw purchase than I think most of us thought. And a lot of it was relating to the roster, the California roster and people uh, buying guns or receiving guns from relatives from out of state that are off roster. Yeah, yeah, it 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 kind of went sideways. It was supposed to be about one thing, but then it really turned out that that this was motivated the, the by a, a a new uh enforcement emphasis on getting uh off-roster uh gun sales uh clamping down on off-roster gun sales. But in the case of uh uh Local, federal, uh, military law enforcement, they have a specific exemption called out in the code, and it is legal for them to buy off-roster handguns, just as it's legal for civilians to receive off-roster handguns as gifts, legitimate gifts, from their out-of-state uh, direct relatives, uh, uh, vertically, uh, either a, a parent, grandparent, uh, a child, or grandchild. But anyway... Uh, Despite many of these uh, successful purchases over the years, uh, last month, uh, the uh, uh, California Department of Justice uh, called us and said, hey, you've got one of these off-roster handgun purchases pending for uh, this service member, and you're going to have to cancel that. And I said, excuse me? And again, uh, they said, well, yeah, you have to cancel that. That's an illegal transfer. We went back and forth. Uh, we went up the, the chain of command with me saying, uh, if, I, if this needs to be canceled, then you should cancel it because as I'm reading this penal code to you folks, uh, it, this is a legal transfer. And if it's illegal, then A, prove it, and B, deny it, uh, and, and this service member will have cause of action against the Department of Justice for de- denying a lawful transfer. Uh, that went past its 30 days. Uh, we got strung out, and we, but we held our ground for the customer. And eventually, they, they didn't tell us, okay, you're right. What All they did was kind of chicken out, and uh, 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 um, in us calling their bluff, they approved the transfer. Wow. That's great wow. news. Good for you guys. Yeah. Hang in there, A.O. Sword. Yeah, it was, it was scary because they, even though we're in the right, they have a, they really have us over a barrel they could simply say okay you've uh, done an illegal transfer we're we're pulling your permit to do business in the state of California until you uh uh you know challenge it in court and so i could be out of business for a couple of years i, I don't it's, think it's pe- the right thing to do people don't really realize and this is this is me talking i'm not representing anything other than my own personal opinion here um but 
people don't realize just how predatory uh, the California DOJ's, uh, the, the, the department that handles firearms in California, truly a predatory agency. This is not an agency that's simply, you know, trying to keep people safe. And, you know, we are the people in your neighborhood. They go after uh, gun dealers. They go after gun owners with a vengeance. And the ATF is no better. Um, I mean, this is truly when you talk when I talk to people who who kind of just go, well, gee, golly, gosh, some of these laws out there, they're just to keep us all safe and everybody friendly and happy. Um, That may be the intent, you know, to keep everybody safe. Um, but uh, they use these laws, uh, you know, horribly. They use these laws against people. Um, anyway, and this is an example of I, I don't think people realize just how brave Dave was being by putting his entire livelihood at risk right. in order to uh, stand up to for a customer. What I'm saying is a predatory agency, an agency that isn't interested in simply stopping crime, an, an agency that's more that's extremely interested in restricting your ability to keep and, and bear arms. And so wow. I applaud you heavily, David. Well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you sharing your soul and independent uh, position on <laughs> on, that, on that wonderful agency that we fully want to cooperate with, uh, my friends at the agency. Thank you. Uh, it is worse. Uh, next year now, we're facing um, a $3,000 civil personal fine. That means a fine on me personally uh, of $3,000 for every uh, typo we've ever made. Melissa, you worked in the shop. Can you tell me, are, are there are there any typos ever made in a gun shop? Ah. There's always going to be typos. It's a lot of paperwork. And you have yeah, to be really, you know, diligent about doing that paperwork correctly. And you, do, everybody does their best they can. And depending on who was doing the paperwork, you know, some people can miss things. Some people aren't yeah. as, you know, they don't pay attention as much. Right. So there may be a few mistakes on every FFL. You feel like any of that's malicious? Is it? Is it? Oh, we don't care about this paperwork. We don't. This is BS. Absolutely not. I don't think that it's malicious. I just think it's just like an oversight sometimes. Right. And sometimes when yeah. you get so busy too in a gun shop and you're trying to deliver, you got things, people standing in you front got, of you. Yeah, it's just crowded, and sometimes or may, they might get distracted. Yeah. So it's not malicious, yeah. but in your case, it might be Melissa-ish. I was really good oh my at delivering. I was really good. How at, about that? At yeah. that, okay. There's no complaints. You're from not making AO's points sword, okay? over there, sunshine. <laughs> you know she can get you at 1,200 yards. I know, and you cannot run 1,200 yards. I've never took a or even attempted a shot at 1,200. I don't think I've attempted a shot at half that. That's amazing. Anyway, uh, yeah. So. Anyway. <laughs> Melissa was uh, very good at her paperwork, but even among the best of us and with no ill intent whatsoever and and no shirking or taking it lightly, um, the human factor is always there. And sometimes, you know, God bless us, but we got uh, people of a certain age, let's say, working for us, and their their poor old eyes can't always tell the difference between a zero and an O. Is this a first offense? Uh, yes, it can be. And it, it, they can also uh, pile on with uh, multiple errors of the same kind. And I will tell you, we've, uh, without, despite our best efforts, you know, we've had uh, over the tens of thousands of guns we've sold, 
dozens and dozens of, uh, you know, maybe typographical uh, reversing uh, uh, two digits in a serial number or misspelling barretta with uh, one T instead of two. Uh, 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 those kinds of things, they're all punishable by this $3,000 civil but, fine. But David... You haven't even delivered the gun yet because they have to take all that paperwork, make sure it's correct. They find the error. You haven't delivered the gun. They find the error, and they don't give you the option to correct the error. They're just going to fine you. That's correct. That is correct. And they can uh, the the. the uh, okay, my opinion is they're action. very predatory. Yeah, you remember what I was just saying? There, Boy, yeah. that is just so. You're, so they're not stopping. I mean, this is. You know, if they said, hey, you know, I mean, and especially if you spell Beretta wrong, I know yeah. four ways to spell Beretta. Yeah, this is not. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, uh, and they're they're emboldened, guys. They're emboldened. We we just this past week had uh, um, uh, uh, former uh, San Diego Sheriff's Captain convicted under this same penal code uh, really? uh, for having. Uh, Having traded in off-roster firearms, uh, and and I, I really feel that that has emboldened uh, that conviction has emboldened the uh, DOJ to to again double down on wow. their pursuit of uh, off-roster uh, handguns. It, well, it is, but it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. From what I I was reading that article, David, and really it was the. Um, what they nailed him on was he he was purchasing firearms that he didn't intend to keep. He he purchased he was purchasing he bought, bought them for resale. Right, and it right. Was, wasn't yeah. that really what they were nailing him on? Which I I think and the reason I'm, I the reason I really and I'm, I think we probably need to clarify that and bring it up to people because I think there's a lot of people in California that think that that's legal that think that you know oh gee I'll just you know, buy in Arizona or I'll get somebody to buy in Arizona and give to me and then I'll resell it and that's all good to go. And that's not a goofy California gun law. That's a, that's federal. federal that's a yeah. federal law that they're, you know, if you're buying a, a firearm for the, in, with the intention of turning around and selling it, um, you're now a, a dealer, um, according Without to the federal being a dealer. Yeah. 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 So that you have is, to be licensed like David. Wow. I would, right. I would say, however, that the thing that brought them, brought the case to their attention at all was the off-roster handgun. No aspect. question. No no doubt about it. Yep. All right, buddy. Hey, excellent job, folks. If you're looking for pepper spray, take a run down to A.O. Sword. And if you're looking for a safe to carry all that pepper spray, they've got that down there, too. And they've got a selection that'll curl your hair. Check him out, AOSword.com. Thanks, David. Thank you all. All right, we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, the best segment in two hours we're going to stump Sam the Gunman right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right. Welcome back. And don't forget, it is thanks to all our sponsors that will get to broadcast and bring you this best Second Amendment content show in the nation. 
So please, right now, check out the websites of our sponsors. Attorney John Dillon, U.S. Law Shield, Firearms Legal Protection, A.O. Sword and El Cajon, PRMI Mortgage, and get yourself a Cali Key. Need to find out more info on our sponsors? Go to gunownersradio.com. All right, this is our most popular segment every week, and you can send your questions on the on the website now. Just go to gunownersradio.com backslash Sam. And if you we use your gun trivia question, we'll send you a San Diego County gun owner shirt, which has scientifically been proven to improve your marksmanship. If you can stump Sam, then you will also get an SDCGO hat. So without further ado, Sam the Gunman. What's up, Sam? Not much. How are you? Fantastic. Doing well. Are you ready for uh, this week's question? I hope so. You guys have thrown me a lot of uh, pretty tricky ones these past few weeks. Yeah. Well, this these aren't uh, th- these aren't easy either. This is a. Uh, but you've been doing so good. We have to work extra hard to stump you. And by the way, folks, he lives in Virginia, and we do not send him any questions. He is totally blind when it comes to those questions. So just want to folks let you know. Yep. And these are uh, vocabulary based. So you're going to have to give some definitions here. There, There's really, uh, I'm going to break these out into, yeah, they're basically three small questions. Um, but uh, here we go. All right. This is from Wendy in San Diego. Wendy wants to know what is a, what is a, what is a breach face? What is the breach face? Hey, Wendy, thanks for submitting the question. Uh, a breach face in short is whatever makes up the back of the chamber, essentially, when uh, when the firearm is in battery. So when you open up your pistol, uh, like when, when you open up the slide of your pistol, and you look at that part where uh, little bits of brass and, and carbon fouling accumulate that has a hole in the middle for the firing pin and has a little slot in the side for the ejector, uh, that is the breech face. Or if you open the bolt of a rifle, of most rifles, then that part that you see with, again, the hole for the firing pin, that is the breech face in that firearm. And part of the reason why the breech face is important is because under U.S. firearm law, uh, barrel length is measured from the end of the barrel, including permanently attached muzzle devices, to the breech face. Show off. Correct! <laughs> <laughs> So did, did anybody did you did you guys tell the truth? Did you guys know what what a what a breach face referred to? Do you know what that was? Nope. No. You didn't even know? Yeah. No, I didn't. No, know. I did not. Now I have to say I hadn't really thought about that, but <laughs> if but you're no. not now if you're not using it at the time, would you refer to it as resting breach face? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. You, you, that's how you get invited back. By the way, you laugh at those dumb jokes. Yeah, right. All right. Hashtag dad jokes. So here, here's the other question for also from Wendy in San Diego. She wants you to define a cannelure. C a n n e l u r e. All one word. Cannelure. Oh, that's a bean. Uh, a no, sorry about that. Um, Candler, <laughs> this is, th- thanks very much for submitting this one. This one is actually tricky. So um, if you look at a... So condescending, rifle- by the way. <laughs> this one's actually tricky. All these other ones are easy. Yeah, All right. Not okay. impossible. <laughs> um, when, when you get home, go into your ammo stash and pull out um, a, a rifle round because it's easiest to see on rifle rounds. 
and look at the part of the bullet where the ogive meets the shank. So where the curved part of the bullet meets the <laughs> Hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> what is an ogive and where does the shank show up? I think the ogive was a dance back in the it. 70s. Remember when yeah. funk was popular and you had the ogive? Wasn't he anyway. a football player? That's yeah. not what the Clintons did? <laughs> yeah. So look at, look at where the bullet is seated into the mouth of the case, where the curved pointy part of the bullet... Uh, meets the cylindrical part of the bullet. That area is called the cantilever, and on many rifle bullets, it will be uh, ridged a little bit, and that is supposed to help with terminal performance, like for hunting. Yeah, that's right. It's actually you answered both questions. Um, <laughs> you think because the cantilever is the the groove uh, around the circumference of the bullet uh, or, or cartridge case, and it's used for exactly what you said. Also used for crimping, uh, lubrication, and identification of the cartridge. Wow, so that's, that's exactly a good right. One. I thought I really thought that we would uh, we'd we'd get them on uh, you know on, on definitions. Well, on definitions, I thought you know what. Actually, that was a cantilever bean. Remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. I know what you were trying to say. I was waiting for you to jump in, Cook. <laughs> wow, excellent job, man. That, yeah, because that, because we had no idea what you were talking about. Well, that was a good one, but uh, <laughs> I guess I guess you weren't lucky enough tonight. Thanks for the questions, Wendy. Yep, awesome job. Very good job, sir. You're the best, buddy. Hey, take care. And uh, how's Biz doing? Good. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's slowed down a little bit, but it's still you know we're we're trying to replenish inventory. Um, that that story earlier about uh, having the uh, the California Department of Justice denying a purchase of an off roster handgun reminded me of something that happened at work a little while ago last week. Um, as some of you may know, in my state, Virginia, we recently had an old law reinstated that limits handgun purchases to one a month unless you possess a concealed carry permit or other form of exemption. Um, and trying to make this as vague as possible so as not to identify any parties involved. Uh, Basically, we tried to submit a background check for someone to purchase a handgun, and it was denied by the state police, uh, even though he had one of the other exemptions that applied to him. And when we called their helpline to ask, they said that they weren't recognizing that exemption that's written into the law. Just just randomly. We're just not going to do that today. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, law enforcement. So, so it's it's not just the California DOJ. Yeah, it's all it's all coming from the top. I well, hate to say it. Everybody listening, if you think that you're going to solve your gun problems or any of your problems by leaving California, you're sadly you're mistaken. Wrong. You're just wrong. Yeah. Everybody, we got to stay here and fight. Uh, you know, this is Virginia. That's right. That Sam's talking about. Oh so. my gosh! All right, buddy. Hey, thanks a lot. Say hi to the family. Well, they're sitting right here. All right. I'm glad. They, then tell them to take you to dinner. You deserve it. Good night. All right, folks. If you are listening on Facebook, your YouTube, or on a podcast, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. We'd appreciate it. And please, again, support all our great sponsors. Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com. San Diego County Gun Owners at STCGO.org. U.S. Law Shield at USLawShield.org. Dot com, Cali Key at CaliKey.com, PRMI Mortgage at PRMERES.com backslash Alpine, the Dillon Law Group at Dillon Law GP, A.O. Sword Firearms at AOSword.com. Thanks to uh, Michael Schwartz, Joe Germisi, Sam the Gunman, and our digital master, Brendan Thomas. Go to Gun Owners Radio 
Facebook.com for podcasts and up-to-date information. And Bob Siegel is in the house. Don't touch that dial. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96, AM 1170. The answer. Play some music for the folks. Play one of your favorite tunes, Brendan. You know, you got a little Inagata DeVita, a little Freebird. <laughs> yeah. Something that'll last, what, three minutes? <laughs> <laughs> don't well, forget to go to gunprom.com. Oh, yeah, buy yeah, your yeah. You still got prom. tables? Absolutely, we do. Um, so All kinds champagne, regular. Champagne, regular, regular seat, 99 bucks. Gunprom.com. I was just looking at some of the videos today and doing some some finalizing on the, uh, the program that we have for you. And it's going to be a really fun, good time. So. Uh, 99 bucks gets you a seat in uh, gunprom.com October 3rd uh, we're at we're in the final stretch so if you have any any interest um, now's the time gunprom.com 99 bucks see you there okay no we're not leaving I got it this is the 14 minute cut of Freebird <laughs> I am not leaving until the tell Siegel just tell Siegel to go out and relax until the song's over this is my song everybody get out your lighters you got <laughs> alright folks Take care. Be safe. We'll be back next week with another rip-roaring show. Gun Owners Radio, fighting to preserve and restore your Second Amendment right. Learn more about Gun Owners Radio and how to become a guest or sponsor by visiting gunownersradio.com. Join Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz every week at this same time as they talk guns and Second Amendment rights. Have fun while staying informed and getting involved. This has been Gun Owners Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.